Grace and peace. God bless you. Welcome to our February series on finances entitled Empowered for Wealth. This is going to be the second installment of my series. And tonight or today we're going to be talking about um, it's in your house. I sort of deliberated because I had like several um, topics that I wanted to pull from, but I think I settled on it's in your house. And so you're going to find me in 2 Kings chapter 4, verses 1 through 7. And I'm going to read it to you. It says, Now there cried a certain woman of the wives of the sons of the prophets unto Elisha, saying, Thy servant, my husband, is dead, and thou knowest that thy servant did fear the Lord, and the creditor is come to take unto him my two sons to be bondsmen. And Elisha said unto her, What shall I do for thee? Tell me, what hast thou in the house? And she said, thine handmaid had not anything in the house, save a pot of oil or a little bit of oil. Then he said, go borrow the vessels abroad of all thy neighbors, even empty vessels, borrow not a few. And when thou art come in, thou shalt shut the door upon thee and upon thy sons and shall pour out, un pour out into all these vessels and thou shalt set aside that which is full. Okay. And so she went from him and she shut the door upon her and upon her sons who brought all the vessels to her and she poured out. And it came to pass when the vessels were full that she said unto her son, bring me yet another vessel. And he said unto her, there is not a vessel more. And the oil stayed. Then she came and told the man of God and he said, go sell the oil, pay the debt and live thou and thy children of the rest. Father, thank you for the word. Thank you, God, for uh, your word, which is forever settled in the heavens. God, just release an anointing, Lord God, on uh, in this message tonight, Father, that your people will be blessed, will be edified, be encouraged, inspired, motivated, and challenged to do that which you have already prescribed in your word, but to God also have the courage to step out on faith and to, Lord God, embrace the greater things that you have for them. And so we bless you for a finished work in Jesus' name. Amen. So, all right, so we're talking about Empowered for Well. This is our February series. And so our um, topic for this week is it's in the house. Now, let me just summarize what I read because I read quick. I know I move quick. Um, we have a woman, and I ministered on this a while back, um, but I thought it was just so timely for where we are and for where I feel that God is, is taking the corporate body. Um, so you have a man, first of all, let's just start with the husband. And let's just start with the fact that he passed away without leaving um, sufficient provisions for his household. Now, we can talk about that all day long. We all have experienced it. We have a loved one who passes away and, and you know, and, and have not done due diligence in terms of ensuring that there's a life insurance policy, ensuring that debts are paid, ensuring that there's a will. And so you get into, and many of you have experienced this. I know I have. If you have a loved one who passes away um, without leaving a will, then the survivors uh, more times than not end up having to appeal to the court um, to uh, to the probate court so that they can assume uh, financial uh, responsibility. And that means either to withdraw money from your account or take care of your debt or whatever. Okay. And that's kind of long and drawn out, but it happens. And so, you know, when you, it, when you look at this man who was a, he was a prophet. Okay. He was a prophet and he served under Elisha. Um, there should have been some type of conversation around what's going to happen after my, after my departure. And so I, I kind of wanted to start with that because him not planning, um, whether you want to call it financial planning, estate planning, or what have you, but this father, this husband, not um, planning or failing to plan um, for his family after his departure, left his family in 
a um, in debt in a crisis. And so one of the first things I want to talk about as believers, as people of God who are filled with the Holy Ghost, right? And we've got all the gifts in the world. We prophesy, we speak in tongues, we, we interpret dreams, we've got faith, we can do all this. But when it comes to taking care of our business, many times we fall short or we're ignorant in that area. And so, you know, I, I wanted to start out by saying that it is incumbent upon us. We are going to leave here at some appointed time. Death is appointed unto us. Amen. And so, you know, we have to, as, as leaders, as parents, or whatever your authoritative position is, have to put some type of provision in place so that after your departure, crisis doesn't set in for your family. They're already dealing with your loss. They're already dealing with you not being there. They're already dealing with whatever circumstances were. And I don't want to make this a heavy message, but I, I'm just, I just want to be that reality check. It's going to happen. And so, you know, we've got to, while we have this time, right? The Bible said, redeem the time for the days of evil. While we have this time is to make some type of arrangements um, so that we can ensure that after our departure, crisis does not enter in and affect our family. Because, because of what this father did not do, because of what this husband did not do, he left his family in in. And, and the, I forget the name of the message that I ministered on, might, might've been a teaching, I don't know, I do so much stuff. Um, <laughs> but what had happened, what had happened was, um, he left his family in debt, he passed away in debt. And so the bill collector said, and this was different from our times, of course, now they'll just take you to court um, or a place to lean against your stuff, what have you. But in those times, the, the creditors will actually come to the house and enslave um, the son so that they could work off that debt. And so this was what happened, this door opened. Instead of this family, this woman who had just lost her husband, children who had just lost their father, instead of them having um, time to grieve and mourn and sort of rebuild, they're now not only dealing with the, the loss and the grief, but they're, they're dealing with the crisis that, you know what I'm saying? Um, it was unfair for the lack of a better term. Uh, and, and so they had no recourse. The mother, the, the wife, the widow had no recourse but to appeal to the prophet. And so she goes to the prophet and she says to him, well, she lays out her complaint. You know, my husband served you. You know what I'm saying? We're still in covenant. And that's why it's good, people of God, to be in covenant. And you find many of my messages I'm always talking about being connected, having a church home, having someone who's watching out. You need, there are going to be times in your life where you're going to need um to be fed. You're going to need to be um, connected. You're going to need to be covered. That's not to say that you need somebody to hold your hand and tell you when to wake up, when to lay down, but you will encounter circumstances in your life where you need someone, a trusted voice, a covenanted voice who can speak into your ear, who can speak into your life, who can even speak to your storms and circumstances and have the authority in the name of Jesus Christ to command things to happen for you. And uh, uh, this is a trick of the enemy where a lot of people have been church hurt. I get it. I've been church hurt too. Okay, I haven't been pastoring forever. Um, so I, I've been on both sides of that. So I understand what that looks like, but I will never allow anything another person do um, to abort my destiny. You know what I'm saying? If I got to cry, I, if I have to curl up in a corner and, and, and stay in the dark, which I did at one season of my life, I went through such tremendous church hurt. I went through a season of just darkness. I didn't want to talk to anybody because I needed God to heal me. But I would not even in that. Yeah, I had issues with what happened, but I never turned my back on God and I never turned, never turned my back against the corporate church. You understand what I'm saying? So I did that work. I did that soul work. I did that heart work so that I could forgive, so that I could rebuild because I know God called me to the church. 
He called me to be a part of his corporate body. I know I am a member of the body of Christ, okay? So I don't know who that's for, but there will be times and you'll find there are many sheep that are scattered right now. They're scattered because they've had something happen to them. They've been discouraged uh, or, you know, whatever the circumstances are and they, they just resolve. I'll never do that again. I'll never do that. Let me tell you something, you know, <laughs> praise God get connected or get reconnected and let God deal with the ones who hurt you, but don't allow that to stop what God is doing in your life. You need the body of Christ and the body of Christ needs you. Okay. And so, um, she, she was able to, sorry, I've got us straight here. She was, because she was in covenant because her husband was in covenant with Elisha, she went to the prophet. And this is a lot of problems too. People are running to folk who, who are not obligated to you. Jesus, when a woman who had a daughter who was possessed with devils, Jesus, I'm not sent for you. And people will get offended. This is, it mar I marvel sometimes because people, some people really don't understand scripture. You know, just because somebody is saved and they're a believer or they may even have some kind of position in the body of Christ doesn't mean that God holds them responsible for you. You know what I'm saying? And and so they don't have to do that. They don't have to. I, I don't want to get into that because <laughs> if I don't take my time and explain it, some of you may misunderstand it and I don't want to cause anybody to stumble. But I'm just saying, even Jesus said, I'm not sent to everybody. And so you have to know as leaders, as you have to know um, how to preserve your oil. The, the wise virgins told the foolish ones, uh-uh, go get your own. And so again, that's another lesson, another topic. We'll talk about that later because I don't want to start it and can't finish it. But because the woman was in covenant, her husband was in covenant, that's who she went to. And so the prophet Elisha was obligated because her husband served him. He was obligated to provide prophetic insight, provide prophetic instruction. Now, listen to me. I'm still talking about it's in your house. Why? Because many times we fail to identify the, the, the provisions <laughs> that God has made for us to get wealth because we have not connected with those who have an ear to hear what the spirit of God is saying to the people. And so we're all over the place. You're attending conferences, you're buying books, you're on webinars, you're all over the place because you, 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 and I don't mean you, but I'm saying general you have not cultivated a relationship with someone or someone's who has been graced by God to speak prophetically in your life and say, Hey, this is what's in your house. There are things, and I talked about this in our last message where I talked about Isaac and when, um, and in terms of him sowing, it unlocked regions of his mind. And so there are people who have things there. Those of you have gifts, talents, skills, abilities, and so forth locked within you. And in many cases, it will take someone unlocking that for you. Years ago, I used to call it um, a prophetic key where some people in your life are, prof are prophetic keys. They have the grace from God to unlock you and move you to the next level. Elijah was a prophetic key for Elisha. Elisha was a businessman. He was tending to uh, 12 yoke of oxen, right? A yoke is 12 and 12 and 12. That's 144 oxen. <laughs> a lot of oxtails. I love oxtails, praise God. But, you know, it took, it, it, it had it not been for Elijah, Elisha would have still been tending to the yoke. Now, nothing wrong with that. He was very successful. They had many businessmen, but that was not his, that was not his prophetic destiny. You see what I'm saying? That was his destiny as a businessman and as a son um, and as a man, but it was not his prophetic destiny. It was not all of what God had intended for him to tap into. And so Elijah became Elisha's prophetic key and he unlocked him. And so there are people that God expects you to connect with. 
And this is again, why you've got to do the hard work when you've been hurt by some people, because sometimes hurt has a tendency to cause people to self-sabotage. Well, I'll never do that again. I'll never do this again. And that's exactly the setup that the enemy wants for you so that you'll never tap into that next level of greatness that lies inside of you. You are empowered for wealth. Okay. And so this woman understood that my, my husband served you. You are obligated. Got something going on here. You know, you're on the screen. You can't tell which side. Praise the Lord. Um, you are obligated to speak into my life. And I don't mean that would give me a word because you got folk who do that too. But what I'm saying is she approached him and she said, man of God, this is my situation. My husband passed away. You know him well. He served you. Now the debtors are coming to in, uh, enslave my sons, take them into bondage. I don't have any money. We're left in debt. I need, a, I need some, I need I need something. You know what I'm saying? I'm not asking you for money. And that's another thing. Many times we run to people for money and they may not be the chosen person to give you that bill, to give you that bill money. But what they may have, just like um, Peter said, he said, I think it was Peter and um, John. He said, silver and gold have we none, but such as I have, I give unto you in the name of the Lord Jesus, rise up and walk. And so it's not always you going to somebody to help them pay your bills, but many times God will lead you to someone to who has the key who has a word who will unlock your prophetic destiny. Same thing happened with Saul when Saul was looking for his father's donkeys, right? Saul went to, to Samuel and Samuel said, okay, I, you know, within himself, Samuel knew where the donkeys were, but Samuel knew that God had a greater purpose for Saul at that particular time. So many times we're looking for one thing from a person and that's not what God is doing. And so you've got to open up and be sensitive to the Holy Spirit when you have these conversations is not to go and approach that person with your own preconceived notions of what they're supposed to do for you. Well, I'm going to call apostle. I'm going to call the bishop because I know so and so and so and so, you know. We talked about this last week. Don't lean to your own understanding. That person may pray a prayer over you. That person may attack some uh, some spirits and strongholds that you may not can't see. That person may rebuke you in areas that you are opening up windows for devouring and consumption spirits. Or that person may speak prophetically in your life and release you into another realm of destiny in your finances. So you got to be open to that. Okay. And so the woman of God, when she approached Elisha, she was open to whatever he had to say. Now, here's what Elisha said. Elisha said, look, I don't have any money. So we're not even going to have that conversation. You know what I'm saying? I can't pay your bills. And not only that, you don't want people to become dependent on you. You know what I'm saying? You don't want people every time they have a bill paid, they'll come and run into you. Or you don't want to be that person every time you have a bill paid. Well, I know so-and-so just got paid. I know this one has some insurance money. No, 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 no. You know, you need to have your own. There's a saying, God bless the child that has his own. So you don't ever want to be that person who is depending on somebody. You want to put your trust in God because folks can shut the door on you. Amen. But God will keep those windows open over your life if you can keep yourself aligned with heaven. So what Elisha says to this woman is he, he remember, and I, I, I want to pull, reach back to what we said about Isaac last week. He, he said something to her. He said he unlocked something because let me tell you something and listen to me carefully. Debt will shut your brain down. It will shut your mind down when you are, when you, and I, I grew up like this. My mother, bless her heart. She's resting with the Lord right now in the presence of the Lord. <coughs> but she, um, as a single mother, she raised us to the very best that she could. But my mother worried a lot because of finances. You know, as a single mother working one job, it was never enough raising five children. And so she, I would often observe her, observe her worried, stressed, and just in a state of, I don't know what to do. You know what I'm saying? And so debt will do that to you. Debt, the, the, the spirit that comes along with debt is worry, anxiety, uh, um, 
addictions can come along with it. A host of things can come in through the door of debt, uh, dishonesty, gambling, um, overspending, you know what I'm saying? Underspending, certainly a lack of sowing into the kingdom. So there are a lot of things, and that's part of what you should do as your homework is if those of you that are in debt, I want you to stop and think about it for a minute. Stop, you know, and, and think about what have I allowed to enter into my life because I'm in debt? You know what I'm saying? You know, you're going to see some things when you start looking at what debt has done to you. So, and I could, I could give you some wisdom with that. And maybe we'll talk about that a little bit later, but I will say this, um, learn how to seek the Lord before you make any financial decision. And, and I, I'm just, you know what I'm saying? I, I'm, I don't want to get into a lot of that because I know people, many of you have made a lot of financial decisions and now as a result of, well, this is what I want. Um, you dreamed it because it came out of your own heart. Somebody gave you some kind of false prophetic word or what have you to, to keep you on their friend list and you pursued that and now it's bringing sorrow. The blessings of the Lord make it rich. He adds no sorrow, but there are many people of God. And this is why you find many believers who are in debt. They cannot sow into the kingdom. They can't bless the kingdom. They can't even be released to work in the kingdom um, because they're in debt, right? Um, the Lord addressed that back in the Old Testament with um, Aaron when he established a priesthood. The Lord said, I don't want, he, he, the Lord was very meticulous about the garments that he wanted the priest to wear. He said, I don't want blended um blended linen. I don't want you in wool. In other words, it's hard to serve God when you are sweating. <laughs> you see what I'm saying? And when I say sweat, I don't mean sweat, sweat, because I have active sweat glands too. But I'm talking about when you are working yourself, quote unquote, to death. You know, when you're, you're working, overworking, and you're just exhausted, and you're moving more out of your own ability, as opposed to moving into the realm of faith. And so this is hindering many people of God. I don't know why I'm going here, but I'm going with God. Um, this is what has hindered many people of God is the fact that they're in so much debt. They can't even serve God with their soul. The Lord said, um, love the Lord with your whole heart, soul, and mind. They can't do that because they're so tired. They're fatigued. They're worried. The spirits of stress and debt have opened doors for all sorts of things. You know, they're in church and they can't really worship because they're worried about the light bill or it's their time to minister and they can't even give their full devotion time to studying because their mind is so inundated with bills or hardship or lack. It will affect you. Debt is a devil that will affect every area of your life. And in this particular instance, this spirit of debt, it took over this woman's mind to where she couldn't even see what was in her house. All she knew is what the enemy said he was going to do. And debt will do that. Debt will have you so focused on, I'm going to lose my car. I'm going to get uh, my lights cut off. I'm going to um, be evicted. Debt will always remind you of the devastating consequences of it. It will not allow you to be free in your mind to, to, to seek God or to pray or even to sow. Debt is like, why would you give that? You know you need it. It's going to always fight against what you should do. And so when this woman approached the prophet, the first thing he had to say, he said to her, he said, what's in your house? Now, you know, you would think, well, why would he ask her that? It's because she debt chased her out of her house to go ask help from someone else when she had it within herself all along. But when you're so consumed with debt and what I owe and what I have to do, and I've got to work these hours, I need five more jobs. I need all of that stuff. I'm telling you, it will, it will consume your mind to where you can't even see what's in front of you. 
And what the prophet was trying to get the woman to see is you have wealth in your house. You have wealth in your hands. You have wealth in your sons. You have wealth. You have, listen, you're talking about the first Exxon, BP, gas, oil and station, shell oil, or whatever your favorite oil place is. She had it in her house, but debt will shut your mind down and lock your mind down to where you can't even see what you have. So he tells the woman, what's in your house? And she said, I don't have anything but a little bit of oil. And that's what debt does, people of God. Debt will minimize that which you have. Well, all I have is $100. My rent is $900 and my car payment is $400. Insurance is $200. Debt will always remind you of the little. It, rem it keeps you little, okay? It, 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 <laughs> it keeps you little and it, it gives you the lenses. Somehow it, it, it mantles you with lenses of little. You can only see, I only have one pack of chicken. I only have a quarter tank of gas. Listen, listen to yourself. When you're in that, you know, uh, uh, lean season, and we all have them from time to time, debt will speak and it will always remind you of what you don't have. It will never tell you what you have. It will never remind you of the blessings of the Lord. It will never remind you of the wealth that you have. It will never remind you of that. It will shut you down so that you can only see what you can't see. <laughs> you hear that? Did you hear that? So, he said, what's in your house? And she said, I only have a, a just, uh, I don't have anything. Listen to what she said. That's what debt does. I don't have anything. And so she said, all I have is a little bit of oil. And then he said, go. That was what Elisha needed to hear. I, and that, when we say that God works with seed, God works with seed. You have to present something. So we have to abandon prayers that say, Lord, help me. I don't know what I'm going to do. I, you're not bringing God any seed. You brought God all your fear. You brought God your anxiety. You brought God your um, worries. You brought God your stress. You have not brought, brought the Lord any faith. When she, she said, I don't have anything, it shut Elisha down. Notice, Elisha only spoke when she said, I've got some oil. That was when the prophet spoke and said, okay, now I got something to work with. And there are many of you right now wondering, where is God in my finances? And I'm going to tell you where God is in your finances. God is quiet in your finances because you haven't brought him anything by faith. You brought him your lack. You brought him your, your, um, your, uh, your bills. You brought him, you brought him everything that's old and everything that's due, but you haven't brought him anything in faith. You haven't brought him what you have. And that's why Jesus marveled over that woman, the widow woman, <clears throat> when it was time to give. And Jesus watched. People watch what you give. It's not a secret. <laughs> okay. Um, people watch what you give. And Jesus sat and watched what everybody put in. And he didn't marvel over the ones who gave a lot because he knew they were given out of their abundance. He marveled over the woman that gave out of her need. And he blessed her. And so many times we look at, well, this person is the biggest. And I mean, I just make my boast. Well, I am the biggest tithe payer in my church so far. I mean, I don't know what God is doing to the rest of my people. They're coming up. But I am the biggest tithe payer. I'm the biggest, the largest um, giver in my church. And so, because I believe, how are you going to compel and command somebody something that you're not doing? Right? And so with this woman, Jesus paid attention. He listened to me carefully when I say this. Jesus pays attention. Or let me say heaven. Heaven watches what you give. Heaven watches what you give. It's not a secret just because the whole church don't know. Doesn't mean it. God knows what you're giving and what you're not giving. Remember what happened with Sapphire and Ananias? The Holy Spirit revealed it. Peter, them, it was like, hey, it was your stuff. You know, you ain't had to lie. 
it's your money. You don't have to lie, but you can't lie to the Holy Ghost. You know what I'm saying? So these are all matters of the heart, you guys. So with this woman, she had the, the mouth of the prophet was locked, was shut down until she said, well, I do have a little oil. And so when she was able to present that which she had, then the mouth of the prophet opened and he released instructions. And so many of us, we, we don't understand these kingdom principles. We don't understand these kingdom principles. And so we're bringing God these prayers that are um, uh, illegitimate prayers, prayers that are, that are faithless. They're not faith-filled. They're, they're fear-filled. Um, they're worry-filled and stress-filled. And then we're asking God to move. Well, Lord, why you had moved yet? What, well, what's going on, Lord? What, you gotta get, you've got to bring God some principles. You've got to bring God from the very beginning, from the book of Genesis, God created the earth with principles. He put the work in. He spoke. He commanded. He saw through it. Then he rested. So these are all principles that, as I stated in my first message, even unsaved folk understand this. Unsaved people understand it. And then we wonder why we see sometimes folks who are not walking in covenant with the Lord are, are experiencing overflow in their finances. Again, that's not a salvation thing. Now, yes, they need to be saved. But in terms of financial principles, they took it. A lot of them took it from the church and are running it and are working it. And that principle is working because seed doesn't discriminate. Seed multiplies after its kind. When she said to the man, I have oil, his mouth was open and prophetic instructions were released. Now, listen to me carefully. This is found in verse three. He finally spoke and said, go and borrow vessels abroad of all your neighbors, even empty vessels, borrow not a few. In this particular passage, here's what the spirit of God is saying to you. When you are in debt, when you are experiencing lack, you cannot operate in pride either. You're going to have to humble yourself and ask for help. He said, go borrow from your neighbors when you are, because pride will kill you and pride will keep you in poverty. When you are experiencing lack or debt or whatever your negative financial experience is, you need to reach out to somebody and you need to get some help. And not only that, you need to be open to what they're telling you. And this, again, this is where a lot of folks miss it. Well, I don't want nobody to know. Um, people know. <laughs> they, they already know. Okay. Anybody who's Holy Spirit filled, they know. Remember, um, Peter said, the Holy Spirit revealed this to me. They may not say anything to you because it may not be something to share. Everything the Holy Spirit reveals to you is not to be expressed and shared. Some things are FYI, God is revealing to you. Okay, this person's dealing with them. Pray for them. Be ready because the conversation is coming. I know he does me like that. So in that, when you, when you are experiencing um, lack or some type of financial hardship, you need to borrow some vessels. In other words, you need to go to some people who have what you need, okay? And in this particular instance, the prophet is saying to this woman, listen here, uh, you can't afford to go knock on one or two doors because you've got debt. And we don't know how much debt this man left his family in, uh, but apparently it was enough to warrant them taking two of her sons, not just one son. They were coming to take both of her sons and to put them to work. So when you have gotten yourself in debt to the degree where um, you know you don't have it, you don't see where it's coming from, you need to humble yourself and you need to ask for some help. Now, that help can be asking for money or that help can be asking for some wisdom, some insight, some strategies, some, some uh, counseling. 
so you don't end up in that situation again. He said, borrow vessels. That means you need to make sure you, you may need to talk to an accountant. You may need to talk to a lawyer. You may need to talk to your pastor. You may need to talk to the people you owe your money to. In other words, open up your mouth because another uh, manifestation of debt, debt will sh it'll shut your mouth. You don't answer the phone. You don't, you don't want to be seen because of shame, because of pride. You can't wear your new shoes. You don't have your new hairdo because you're going through life. And so now you don't want to be bothered. You shut yourself in. And that's exactly where debt wants you. Debt and lack wants you to be in a corner, in a closet, in the dark by yourself. It doesn't want you to reach out to those vessels that have what you need. People have what you need, but you have to open up your mouth. And don't, don't play this game. Well, I, I know the Lord is going to tell someone, so, so. No, you go tell them. The Lord didn't tell these people what that woman needed. She went and her sons knocked on the door. And so we'll play that game. I, I'm going to, I know the Lord is going to show so-and-so. They're going to pick me up in the spirit. Then sometimes God is going to be deliberately quiet concerning you, especially when you're operating in that kind of, in that kind of spirit, which is witchcraft, charismatic witchcraft, because you're too prideful to let somebody know what you're dealing with. So now here you are banking on their spiritual, <laughs> their spiritual gift. You're banking on them to discern what you're going through because you're too prideful to tell them what you're going through. That's witchcraft. And then the minute they want, they don't pick up on it. Now you're mad. <laughs> Say, ouch, amen. Amen. But don't you, don't you turn this down. Say right where you are. Don't you move. But that's how, that's charismatic witchcraft is you're trying to project. That's how that psychic stuff works. You're trying to project your pain to somebody else so they can pick you up. So they can say to you, the Lord is showing me, or the Lord told me to tell you. And then, oh, praise God. So, no, 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 no. We're not going to play that. No, listen, we're grown people, right? You need to, like this woman did, you need to take the initiative, say, hey, I, I need some to counseling. I need a conversation. I need you to hold my credit card. I need you to hold my check for me next week. You need to borrow some vessels. You need some help from people who have what you need. You need to connect with somebody, listen, who has what you need. Now, you don't need to connect with more folks in debt because they're going to sing the same song that you're saying, girl, I don't have either child. What are we going to do? Uh-uh, wrong company. You need to connect with someone who can help you, who has what you need. He said, borrow not a few. So you need to put forth the initiative to get yourself out of that debt, whether, whether that you got yourself in or somebody who passed away. That's your problem. You understand what I'm saying? She didn't go to Elisha and Elisha said, well, here's a check for a thousand dollars, go pay your bills. No. That's your problem. And I know this is a hard truth. I'm sorry. I love you. But we've got to grow up in a way, like I was telling my daughter the other day, we've got to learn how to adult. We want adult breakthroughs, adult gifts, adult blessings, but we don't want to adult. We want somebody else to do the work. And in this season, you are going to have to grow up. I don't care how old you are. You're going to have to grow up and confront some things and deal with some things. I'm telling you, and it's going to be uncomfortable. You're not going to want to do it. It's going to hurt your feelings. It's, it's going to, you know, you just have to do it. If you want to get out of the situation. Now, if you want to spend another year in debt and lack and your bill collectors calling you all times a day and they call you from different numbers. And I mean, these folks are so creative now. My God, you, you, you have to deal with some stuff. And so he says to her, he didn't say here's $1,000, go pay your bills. He said, no, this is what you need to do. You need to connect with somebody who can help you get out of that ditch that you're in. And he said, don't borrow a few. In other words, don't let pride be a factor in this. In other words, whoever the Lord put in your heart, whoever's in your path or in your hand, that's who you need to connect with. And you need whatever they tell you, you need to do it. 
So here's what she does. He tells her, he said, when you come in, shut the door upon you and your sons. Now, let me hit this real good, real good. I'm going to hit it real good because I've experienced this even growing up where now, you know, I'm the oldest. So my mom, a lot of things she shared with me that she did not share with the others. Okay. And, and, and that can, that can, that can be a problem in some cases because you have some who understand how this financial management budgeting thing works when others don't. But what the prophet said to her was key because not only was he breaking the spirit of financial hardship off of her, but he also, because her sons are coming up and they have already been targeted. And so many of you who are parents and if you're dealing with lack, honey, let me tell you something. Your children are already targeted if the enemy is not already moving in on them. If it hits you, it's on its way down your bloodline. You see what I'm saying? So you have to involve them in debt reduction. You have to involve them in destroying this crisis that's on your life, this financial crisis, so that you don't end up passing away and leaving this stuff on them. But daddy gone, now mama gone, and we got the house, the car, the dog, the cat. Don't do that. And so the prophet gives her instruction, and he says to her, when you gather all of this stuff, I want you now to process you understand what I'm saying? I feel the presence of God. Now it's time to process. Some of you are going to have to listen to this about two, three times. I'm just saying, if you, if you, if this is where you are and this is what you need, you're going to have to listen to this a couple of times and let it sink into your spirit. Because once she did all of that, she gathered information, got counseling, got the book, did all this stuff, got all the, the bills. Due. Now it's time to process, bring it home, sit it on your table and spread out and look at what you got. What do we do with bills? We take it. I don't want to see it. Don't, don't, you know, matter of fact, you know, I, with my mom, she was so stressed out with bills. I would just hide them. I didn't know I was a kid. I just hated to see them stressed out so bad. I would hide the bills. I would hide it. I mean, of course, you know, eventually we had to tell her, but it, because I just didn't want to see her go through that stress. But many times we do that. Don't answer that phone. Tell them I ain't here. <laughs> You're lying. You're lying. You understand what I'm saying? And then we wonder why we pray in prayers and we're not seeing God because the Bible said, blessed are the pure in heart. For they shall see God. You're not pure. That's you're not that you're being dishonest, and you have a, consp a have a conspiring spirit. And I love you. <laughs> I love you. I mean, just just say ouch. Oh God, I didn't know. Thank you, Father, for the woman of God telling me this stuff. You know what I'm saying? I'm not here to destroy you. My job is to help you. Okay, that's my son. It's to help you. Now it's your job to get it and run with it. Like the woman came to the prophet, he gave her the instruction. Now it's up to you. You can go home and cry. Well, I don't want nobody to know what I'm dealing with. Fine. Uh, kiss your sons goodbye. And you'll see them in the next 10, 20 years when your debt is paid off. By that time, you know, now you need you praying for the relationship with them. You see what I'm saying? You can't just avoid crises and think things get better. One crisis leads to another. If that woman's sons would have been enslaved, you know, with what they had to endure, you know, they didn't have the same grace Joseph had. They, they're not being enslaved because of destiny. They're being enslaved because of some mismanagement on behalf of their parents. So you can imagine spirits of, of meanness and I hate my mom, I hate my daddy. All kinds of stuff would have opened the door to that. But because she went to the prophet, he put a stop to it. And there are many of our children. Let me just say this. I know, I know a young man to this day right here and he's 45, over 45 years old who is still angry with his father because his father did not have the money to buy him some kind of instrument or something he wanted growing up. 
because his family was dealing with poverty and so forth. And he wanted this particular thing. His dad could never buy it for him. And to this day, this man has grown, has kids, may have grandkids by now. He is still holding an alt against his father because of something his father was unable to do for him financially as a kid. So debt will not only destroy your credibility, your credit for sure, your self-worth, you understand what I'm saying? Destroy it will it will interfere with your ability to serve because you can't serve because you're stressed out. You standing before the Lord like Joshua was, with all kind of garments on. You got, <laughs> you know, lied to the people on the phone. You throwing away bills. You paying half payment. So you standing before the Lord with dirty garments on, and the Satan is accusing. Yeah, how can she pray? And then look at this stuff. She got iniquity. Jesus, he has iniquity. He's lying. There ain't no tithe. They don't give. How you gonna ask them for? But I'm I'm telling you, this stuff is so deep, y'all. It's so deep. It's so deep. When we just need to come to a place of saying, Lord, I have seen this spirit of hardship, poverty, lack, debt in my family for generations, especially if you come from certain cultures. And God, I now see this thing moving in on my children. My kids can't keep a job. Their cars keep breaking down. The relationships, every time we get into a relationship with somebody, they have a kid. Now they've got child support. Pay attention to this. Quit being, and I'm going to say this because I love you in Jesus' name, but I'm hearing God. Quit being so fascinated with how deep you are. And how many tongues you can speak in and how many dreams and how many angels and demons. And quit being fascinated with all the spiritual things and you're unable to live here on earth. You can't even manage a paycheck. You, you can't manage it. You're waiting for a, a stipend, stimulus, anything. You're looking on the ground for money. You are a child of God. You are not supposed to live like that. You pray in prayers that I can't go past your eyebrows because you've lied to all your bill collectors. You've got stuff in your house God told you not to buy, but you want to show who you are and want people to think you're somebody who you're not. You, come on, you got stolen clothes on. You had not even paid the credit bill off on that thing yet. You wearing stolen shoes. I've seen people coming up wearing, shouting with stolen shoes on. The Holy Spirit would tell me that. He said, he would say they shout with stolen shoes on. Paid for the shoes with a credit card and then didn't pay the debt. Though that's stolen. It's and we have to do better. You understand what I'm saying to you, people of God? I know this is hard, but some of y'all need this, man. <laughs> I'm just saying. If you know me, you know I'm bringing this to you in love. But I'm not gonna play with you. I'm not gonna play with you. You need to. God has empowered you to get well, but there's no need in you asking God for to be a millionaire or a thousandaire or even a hundredaire. And whenever he bless you with something, you go do something stupid with it. God blesses you with a bonus. You, you buy in state. You've been eating chicken all week long. One more day of chicken is not going to kill you. Take that money, call your bill collector and say, listen, all I have is $100. Can you accept this? Can you reduce the debt? Can you reduce the bill? Or can I split this up? Be honest. Be honest. Praise God. So many of us have allowed debt to come in and interfere. Uh, debt has reigned. And our families for so long now, it's affecting our relationships. It's affecting marriages. It's affecting children. You've got spouses fighting with each other. You've got children, like I said, with a young man who's still mad with his dad because he couldn't get him some instrument. With Debt is, a, I'm it's a devil. You, you can't just ignore it. This debt was coming to take this woman's children and enslave them. You cannot play with debt. 
I don't care who in your family. I don't care if everybody on your block has a new car. If that's not what God is saying for you, you better stay in that same car that you've had or work to pay it off or whatever. Pride, lust of the eye, lust of the flesh, pride of life, covetousness. You see, see, see. And on Facebook, on social media, there are ads everywhere all day long. Folks is buying stuff. There are many times I've added things to my online shopping carts. And when I get ready to kick, uh, click my card, the Holy Spirit say no. And see, that's the thing. We want to submit. Oh, I want to submit my tongues to Jesus. I want to submit my ministry to Jesus. I want to submit my anointing to Jesus. But you don't submit your money. He's Lord over everything else except your money. He tell you to sow $100, the blood of, I buy the blood of Jesus, but you'll go straight to the shoe place and spend $140 on one pair of shoes. And you don't see God about that. You don't see no problem with that. You see what I'm saying? It's unbalanced. And this is what has locked many people down. And this is what has given the enemy a license to attack the people of God in their finances. Let me move on. So she takes her sons in. She's processing. He says, shut the door behind you. All right. So now she's processing and she brings her sons in on this process. This is going to be very humbling for a lot of you. But the people that's in your house who are contributing to the debt. OK, you need to have a conversation with them. Well, I don't want the kids to know I'm struggling, honey. The kids know you're struggling. They see you with your attitude. They see how depressed you are. They hear every time you get a bill or the phone ring. Don't tell them that's me. Don't tell them. So be again, being honest. Hashtag be honest. Need to say that. Hashtag be honest. Sit your family down. Sit your spouse down, your husband, your wife, your nephew, your auntie, or whoever lives in that. That's a part of that household thing. And say, okay, listen here. Starting today, we're turning off the cable. There will be no Wi-Fi here, not unless you use it on your phone or you can stream it or whatever. You in a situation when you are in debt, you are gonna have to do what it takes. And pride cannot be a, a factor. Look here, there will be no more eating out for the rest of this month. I don't care what's in that refrigerator. Thaw it out, bake it, fry it, smother it, slap it. <laughs> That's what we're going to have. Nobody drives my car unless you're going to put $5 there or whatever. I'm just saying, I don't know. They had a conversation, <laughs> that woman and her sons. And they, this woman, I, I, in just my prophetic imagination, I can imagine she, she said, look, we got to work. If you in this house of age, honey, you better find, you better Uber, you better DoorDash, you better Uber Eats, uh, uh, um, do some tele, uh, what do you call it? Um, <laughs> customer service, work. Turn that TV off, unplug that stuff, and you need a job. You see what I'm saying? You've got to have some rough conversations if you're going to come out of this. If you're going to come out of it. Now, you can stay in debt. Hey, you can do what you want to do. Right. The Bible said, choose you this day who you can serve. You can serve mammon and you can submit to debt. You sure can. And your way will be hard. But if you love Jesus and your soul is saved, you'll go to heaven. But you'll go to heaven broke and tired. I'm just saying. OK, so you have to want more for yourself and you have to make these changes. So the woman, he tells the woman, shut the door upon yourself, you and your sons and pour out. In other words, do the work. That's that's our problem. There's a church. Uh, I, I know the Lord is going to work it out for me. I know God's going to come through. I know. And then we'll, we'll quote scriptures that are so out of context. It's not even funny. I know the Lord is going to supply all my needs according to his riches of glory. Number one, Paul said that, and I believe he was talking to the Macedonians or some other church group 
because they sold into him in a time when he had need. That was not a general scripture for everybody. That was Paul. And he was talking to a select group of people because they supported him in the work of ministry when nobody else would. Now that's a good scripture. And if you're supporting the work of the ministry, you can use that. <laughs> but if you're not, you can't use that. <laughs> you see what I'm saying? Because of the context wherein it was written. It, it wasn't the Lord said, Paul said that. That's something totally different, okay? Because a lot of people are saying, because God said in the word, God said. That's why I got my doctorate in theology, because I needed to understand some things that I've been hearing and they ain't even sounding right in my spirit. <laughs> I need to know. I got to study, show myself approved. Amen. Praise God. So quit using scriptures to justify or, or to appease or to cover up some nonsense. Don't do that. Don't misapply. Don't add to the scripture. Don't take away from the scripture. If you don't understand it, say, Lord, I don't know what's happening in my life right now, but just tell me what to do. You see what I'm saying? I don't understand. I'm not going to throw a halfway scripture because if you're going to throw one end of it, then there's a whole nother part of it you probably hadn't read. <laughs> you see what I'm saying? Just don't even, if you don't understand, just leave it alone. Okay. Let me just say that. So go on bar vessels, um, shut the door. And you shall set aside that which is full. And so he gives her the instruction to create this industry. So the way out of debt is industry. You've got to work. Number one, you got to work <coughs> kingdom principles. You see what I'm saying? You got to work some kingdom principles. That means being honest. Call your bill collectors up. I don't print out your credit report and call them. They all have 1-800 numbers. Listen, this is Johnny Brown. And I, I you know, I, I just, I'm going to let you know right now that I'm calling to make arrangements. No, I'm not in position to pay this all off today, but I just want to know what kind of arrangements. Can I pay you $50 a month? Can I pay $5 a month? Some even will let you pay that just to show slow pay again, but you got to go to people, go borrow some vessels so they can give the insight. Hey, when you call this one, this is what you say. When you call the credit card, student loan, this is what you say. You need to go borrow some vessels. You need to borrow some wisdom from people. You need to borrow some practical kingdom keys from people so you know what to do. Okay? Um, so it's going to take industry. It's going to take, you're going to have to put some work in. You're going to have to confront some things. You're going to have to sit down with your family and say, listen, y'all, I, 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 I grew up poor. I refuse to grow up poor and live poor. Uh, the devil is a lie. You know what I'm saying? I can't help my childhood circumstances, but I'll be doggone. Here I am, 40, 50 years old, and I'm repeating the same cycle I see my mother, my father, my grandparents. It stops here. So we've got to make some changes until we can get this thing right, y'all. We're going to have to make some changes here. And bring your children into it so they understand, well, I don't want my children to know what I'm making. My children know what I make. My children know my bank account. As a matter of fact, I open bank accounts for all of my children when they were children. And I open up their savings account. You see what I'm saying? And I still have access to where I transfer money every week into my children's savings account, into their bank accounts. Why? So that by the time you're 20, 21, and you're ready to buy a car or buy a house, you already have an established banking relationship. When you walk in, hey, so-and-so, and so they pull up your account. You've been a member of this bank for 30 years, 20 years. Yes, we're gonna, like I went to a bank the other day. I said, look, I've been banking with you guys. This is what I want. These are the terms. Yes, ma'am, we can do that, no problem. You see what I'm saying? You build relationships with people. Not, 
I'm going to say this, and this is going to probably hurt somebody's feelings, and I love you. God knows I do. This is all love. It's tough love, but it's love. But you just because you have uh, three or four canceled checks or NSFs, NSFs, don't close the account. Go and sit down to people. How, how much do I need to, how, do, how can I make this right? Quit starting and stopping over. Learn how to be established, even in your finances. We buy cars. We never pay them off. We, we don't never pay a car. We keep it and until something new come up or whatever. And then we trade tr- trade in. That's, that, that's got to be the biggest, your biggest joke ever. And you don't ever trade in a car you own. You don't ever trade in a car you own. Sell it if you need to get rid of it. Because they'll never give you the true word, y'all. This is a lot, okay? I hope I'm not losing anybody. But you, you, it's time. You know, we everybody's prophetic. Everybody's seeing God, hearing God. Well, why you don't see God in your money? Why don't you see God in your checkbook? Why don't you see God in your business? We have businesses in name only. Haven't transacted nothing in so long. You got to blow the dust off your stuff. Come on now. We're talking about empowerment for wealth. And you are. God didn't lie. We just have to do the work. We don't want to work. We want to work nine to five. Oh, I'm tired. I'm worn out. And then you're on Facebook for three hours or watching Netflix for five hours. And then you wonder why you don't have enough coming in. Who told you you're only supposed to work an eight-hour work day? Just because that's what the job hired you to do, once you put that time in, you come home and you work for yourself. Or whatever. I mean, that's not everybody's story, but whatever. You see what I'm saying? It's 24 hours in a day. So you work eight hours and you got all this time left to do nothing but get on somebody's nerves. <laughs> Be productive. Okay? Be productive. Um, undig those whales. Like we talked about Isaac did last week. Undig those whales. Find out what's in my what's what's in my house. What is it in my house? What is it in my children? And maybe your children may be the maybe the the entrepreneur, and it may not even be you. You may be the one to soak their fire. I don't know what your thing is, but what I'm saying is, if you don't have these conversations, you'll never find out. There's several of you whose children I, I my endeavor, and most of my children are not all of them are business owners. I'm pushing that. I don't you never depend on a job. What if you lose your job? What if they cut your hours? What are you going to do? I make sure all their cars are paid off. Every last one of my children's cars are paid off. Because I I don't want them to start out in debt. I've done that. I don't want them to start. Now, everybody can't do that. But I'm telling you, I'm a single woman. But I work. I don't sit and wait. I don't probably, listen, you won't see me on Facebook Live every day. I don't have time for it. (laughs) I'm not on Clubhouse. I don't have time for it. That's not, that ain't my river. That's not my well. I'm not going to get on no Facebook, no social media and prophesy so somebody can send me $2. I don't have time for that. <laughs> that uh-uh. I'm not going to hashtag my, my, my cash app every time I say something to you. I'm not going to prostitute the people of God. That is an ill-gained wealth. And let me tell you, anything ill-gained is going gonna, is gonna to produce some rotten, corrupt fruit. In other words, you will find yourself always having to come up with a scheme or come up with the word to keep that money coming in. God empowered me to work and God gave me a mind of industry and a mind of business. And that's what I'm using to bring wealth into my house and to lay up and store it for my generations. I don't have to have the newest car that comes out. I don't have to have the newest shoes and newest. I mean, I do like shoes. Don't get me wrong. But I know when God said, no, I, I'd say, yes, God. You know, I know when to sow. Nobody have to tell me. I know when to sow. I know when to give. 
I know how to hear God when it comes. I don't just hear God when it comes to prophecy. I hear God when it comes to finances. I know when to open a business. I know when to shut it down. I don't care who want me to do something. Now, I'm not doing it no more. You understand what I'm saying? That well has dried. And folks will keep you in that same dry place because they miss you've been advertising. Hey, I'm baking cakes. Two years I'm baking cakes. You don't ever order a cake. And the minute I shut my cake business and I hear you come, I need a cake. You need to call somebody else. So you need to watch out for that too. People will try to pull you back into seasons that God has already moved you on. Now here you are. You got to go and find your ingredients, find the stuff when you should be working in another lane. Trying to close. I hope this is blessing you all. Okay. Um, so she went, she uh, poured out. And when it came to pass, the vessels were full. Listen, she said to her son, bring me nothing. And they said, we've used it all up. Use of everything. Use everything God has given you. Use everything. The son said, Mom, we ain't got nothing else. And what did she do? She didn't run out. Okay, well, let's go ahead and sell. No, now let me go back and get some instructions. And that's here, that's a problem for us. We're so prideful. We don't want nobody to know what we're doing. We have these secret meetings, secret conferences, secret so and so and so. And then when it falls and land on top of your head and, and you need prayer, <laughs> keep on being secretive. Keep being secretive. She, after she fulfills her obedience, she went back to the man of God and said, okay, I've done. Listen to me, y'all. It was a finished work. We want God to bless stuff that's not finished. You hadn't finished your work. You hadn't finished. I, I, uh, I hear people say, does the Lord is telling me to do something? So the Lord is telling And I'm like, you, ain't even, you hadn't even touched the last thing he told you. So ain't nothing wrong with God. No, you just got bored. Yes, say out your amen. You just got bored and you're looking at what somebody else is doing. And oh, that looked like that's a lot of money in there. And you jumped and ran over there. You're not graced for that. You hadn't even learned the skill set in this last season that you're going to need for the next one. So you're not ready for that. But we'll jump. You have not finished. She completed the, the instructions the prophet gave her. Then he said, okay, now it's time to go to the next level, begin to sell, begin to market. And so we want to jump to that last, that, that level of bringing money in. And you haven't even, you haven't even dealt with the consumption spirit that's in your house. We want to run and get the money, but you haven't dealt with that devil in your house, the devil operating in your bank account, the devil operating in your wallet in the area of finances. So you'll bring the money in and guess what? The Bible said, Hosea said, you're going to put it in a bag with holes in it because you have not dealt with the hole. You have not dealt with the area that got you in the first in that situation in the first place. <laughs> I'm deliberately quiet. Yes, I'm just going to watch you. Watch me. So we'll jump to this next endeavor, the next job, the next move, the next whatever. But you have not finished your first works. And then you wonder why this is not working. Because you have unfinished business, literally. You hadn't finished it. When that woman and her sons put uh, those, uh, poor, con, um, completed the instructions that God gave them, then she went back to the prophet and said, I did everything you told me to do. And that's how we should do with God. When you're dealing with debt or lack or whatever, and the Lord says, you need to call all your bill collectors. You need to call all the people you owe. You know, all that money you borrowed. I, I got you next week. And next week was 20 years ago. Now they manifest and they got all kind of unforgiveness in their heart. Here you are shopping on Facebook, showing pictures of stuff you got with stolen money. You stole that money. That's not yours. If you owe something to somebody, 
and you promise to give them back and you don't give it back to them, you stole that stolen money. That's, you know, that's stolen because it's not yours. Don't nobody go clicking off now. You're going to listen this long, stay here. Hang out for, with me for a little while longer. Jesus said, can you not watch me for an hour? Hang out with me, okay? This is going to bless your life. This is going to bless your life, okay? Because we got to stop this. Stop getting in these prophetic lines, sewing $100 for your million dollar breakthrough. It's a scam. Because God doesn't operate like that. God operates on principles. I don't care who you sow into. You still got to, yo, you still have to do right. You have to do right. You have to do what God is requiring. He said, I require justice. I require righteousness. God requires honesty. God, that's a requirement. You can't owe people. And then here you are just all over the place. Girl, the Lord is blessing me. I'm blessing Holly Davis. Stop that. Don't you say that no more. You understand what I'm saying? Until you do right by people. And many of you seen the color purple. And I mean, I'm not saying she did speak a curse on a man. She did. Right. But she told him, she said, if you do right, until you do right, nothing is going to go right for you. And that's exactly what happened. And I'm not, again, I'm not, I'm just using it as an example. I'm not telling you to tell people that because that's a curse. You don't do that. But what I'm saying is these principles, if you promise somebody something and you borrow money for somebody, Bible say, oh, no man, nothing but to love him. You, some, you, they helped you put a down payment down on something or whatever. <laughs> you better make that right. Child of God or not. Well, they ain't saved. I don't care. That's your word. You child of God. Make it right. Or call them. You know what? I remember I owe you $100. I'm sorry. I forgot all about it. Um, I don't have it right now, but, you know, can I give you 50 now and I give you 50 next month? And you know what that does? It releases a weight off of you. Because some of you are carrying weights, financial weights, and you don't even hear you are busting devil's side of the head. I come against stress. I come against high blood pressure, no blood pressure. And you know what that is? It's guilt and condemnation. Because you're wearing guilt for something that you promised somebody that you would do that you never did. Then if that person don't release you, some people just like, you know what, just don't even worry about it. They'll say it to you. I've had people say, I know I owe you this. And I'm like, child, don't worry about it. Because they had, listen, <laughs> to keep their heart pure. They had to go to God and say, Lord, you know, whatever uh, Mary Jane owe me, God, I, I really let her keep it. Apparently she needed father. Let her keep it. And so by the time you get the unction, <laughs> by the time you hear God, to make it right. They've already, already released it. Oh, girl, I'm good. Child, you keep it. You can, uh, Give it to your grandbaby. You see what I'm saying? That's kind of embarrassing, but that lets you know you waited so long to make that thing right. They had to go to God on their own behalf to protect their heart. Oh, boy. I know it, y'all. I know it's rough. I know it. <laughs> but this is what you need to get set free. I'm telling you. You want to walk in an overflow financially, which you should be. There's no reason why you shouldn't have those four rivers that the Lord uh, 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 created in Genesis. You should have four streams, flowing streams of income. You should. Flowing into the garden. Everybody should have their own garden. And you know what's in a garden, whatever you plant. Some of us have deserts. You know, you just got dirt, red clay dirt at that. You don't have a garden. You need to cultivate a garden. That's the first thing God did. He established that garden and put Adam in it and said, Adam, work. That's the kingdom principle. What do we do? We sit on our front porch and watch everybody else tend into their gardens. And we just watch. Girl, you see what's on? Honey, get off that phone. Get off Facebook. 
and put some seed in your hand and start sowing and, 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 and doing some work. So you don't find yourself another 20 years from now sitting on the same porch or you and your kids and your grandkids and your great grandkids, all of y'all sitting there trying to figure out who got $20. Come on now. But you're a child of God. Filled with the Holy Ghost. You see dreams and visions and you hear God. But your money is jacked up because money is a spirit. And either you control it or it will control you. So that's it. I am done. I know this is, y'all can go ahead and breathe. Let it out. Just let it out. But that's what we're talking about. I'm coming back to you next week, Sunday morning. And we're going to talk again. We're going to do this again. Amen. But listen, Father, in Jesus' name, thank you for those that you have, um, those that you have blessed to stay on the line as we presented this word. Thank you for those who took the, the hits, took the, the beating that this word brought, set out. Some of them may need band-aids, some of them may need some stitches, but God is working for their good. These were some hard sayings, but Lord, this is what we need. This is what I needed. You had to have these hard conversations with me so that I can share with these your people, Lord. You want us to prosper. You want us to be in health, even as our souls prosper. You want us to be honest. You want us to be upright, God. Help us today. Lord, let us take examples from this widow in 2 Kings chapter 4, verses 1 through 7. She ended up in a situation that was not her fault. But she didn't claim the victim. Like many of us do. Well, you know, my mama didn't have it, and I'm a single parent, I'm a single dad. She stood up. And she did what she had to do. Lord, I release an anointing over your people to get up and do what must be done. I release them, God, to have these conversations with their family members, whoever their household members are. God, I release a wisdom on them. And I release a camaraderie in the house that everybody would work together to achieve this common goal so that they can break lack and debt off the household. God, I release financial wisdom when they're buying cars and houses or renting or whatever their major purchases are. Wisdom, God, that they don't have to have what everybody else has, that they will be content. Oh, Father, in the name of Jesus, that they're not driving a new car and cursing you at the same time, mad because another bill is due, the, the insurance is too high, the gas is too high, the maintenance is too high, can't even afford what they bought. That's not wisdom, God. You said, if any man lack wisdom, let him ask of God. You said, you give to all men liberally and you upbraided it not, God. You don't fault us and you don't condemn us when we come to you and ask you for wisdom. You want us to ask you. You said wisdom cries out in the street. It's crying out. You want us to be wise. You want us to be knowledgeable. You want us above all to be good stewards so that we don't take what you bless us to earn or bless us to reap and, 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 and squander it or, or use it as some kind of competition game. And just money just goes down the drain. It serves no purpose, no seed in the ground. It's just gone. Father, I bless you for these who are listening. And God, I, I, I know it was hard. I know it, I felt it, I felt it in the spirit. But God help them, Lord God, to, to take these truths Take these nuggets of wisdom so that, Father, in Jesus' name, they can emerge victorious. Not in tongues, dreams, and visions, and prophecy, but they can also emerge victoriously 
in their finances. So God, we love you and we bless you, Father. We give your name the highest praise. Thank you, God, for the victors that are emerging as fruit of this message. And as I have sown into them, Father, I trust that you will water it or send somebody to water it. And then God, give them that increase. I want to hear the testimony like I'm hearing right now. I'm hearing testimonies, powerful testimonies of those who are taking heed to the word and doing the work. And God, you're blessing them. So Father, we love you and we bless you. And we give your name the praise in Jesus' name. Amen.